What is going on, my loyal viewers? We are here with another episode of The Logo, a podcast about anything. I'm joined today by actor, director, film writer, Shields of Hope Productions, Donnie Shields. Donnie, what's going on? Nothing much. How are you doing today? I'm doing great today, man. Um, My first question to you, actually, is just give us a little background for those of us who aren't familiar with Shields of Hope. How exactly did that name come about? How exactly did that whole process come about of making Shield of Hope Productions? Uh, So Shield of Hope, we basically started back in 2015, but I'll give you a rundown before 2015. 2013, when I was still in high school, I kind of knew where I wanted to go in the film industry. At first, growing up, I thought, hey, I was going to be a writer. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, maybe I'll be behind the scenes. And I knew what I wanted to do eventually, which was direct and write and produce. Um, So basically adding everything together and making it one category. So I went off to Dubois Business College in 2014 after I graduated. Learned a lot about filming. Uh, I don't know if you guys know John Russo, uh, but he helped with Night of the Living Dead. And he actually helped fund the, uh, the program I was in. So when that happened, um, I then left there and came back to the area in 2015. And uh, Shield of Hope Productions has just been something that has been on my heart and mind. Plus, it rhymes a lot with my last name. So that's why I like it. Um, <laughs> but uh, for a background information on Shield of Hope, Basically, what we do is we just make short films right now. We haven't done anything longer in feature form, um, but we've done a lot of, I don't want to say Christian-based, but very morally-based films, uh, a lot of action. Uh, and we're starting to dwell in a little bit, a little different categories now, but you know, with the expansion like you got to do in the film industry, uh, you can't be really just straight to one genre. You know, you got to kind of travel around and uh, see what the market brings. And so we've been doing that strong since 2015. Awesome, man. Yeah, I definitely I've checked out a few of your films and they're definitely very, very interesting and things that I'd be interested in. And other people, I think, will like them as well. Um, So as a fan of movies and films and stuff like that, I have a few questions that I would like to ask. Um, So what do you think is harder in filmmaking, getting started or finding a way to keep the idea of your film going? What do you think is more difficult? I think they're both difficult, but uh, I would say getting started because filmmaking, like especially in today's society, I understand that people can go out and shoot with smartphones and iPhones and uh, little devices, you know, get your GoPros out there, but you need a lot of stuff right away. And basically you want your audio and your video down. Uh, Other than that, like you can run away with whatever you want to do. But as far as keeping the idea going, I mean, there's, there's scripts we've got to put in the back in our back pockets as writers and directors, especially when you're independent film artists, because you're just not ready for those yet. Um, I mean, I don't think the ideas never burn out in you. Like, I think there's always, I know there's stuff I want to do in the future that I have that I'm just waiting because I don't have A, the cast and crew, or B, the, uh, the cash flow in order to get the special effects or whatever it needs to be. But I would say getting started is a lot uh, more difficult than keeping the ideas burning. All right. Awesome. Um, when you find yourself not really feeling inspired to create something, what are some things that you do to get some more inspiration to come up with new, fresh ideas? I try. Well, what they always tell you and what I what I typically do is I end up just keeping a journal on me at all times so that even like if I don't have a journal, I at least have my phone. You know how like it has notes in the in your apps like you can have an app for a notebook. What I'll normally do is I'll keep ideas in that. So whenever like something pops up, whether I'm at the, on a job or at a shoot or doing something else, I'll just be like, oh, well, this looks like a good idea. Let's see if I can turn it into a story later on. And sometimes you dig up those things later. 
Uh, but as far as what I do to get ideas, I kind of just, it kind of just happens. I mean, I try like there's, there's, don't get me wrong. There's definitely moments in time where you want to get ideas and you want to craft more films than what you're putting out. But at the same time, you just got to, you just got to kind of let them come to you. You can't really force anything. Like you can look at other artists and maybe you get inspired by a film that you saw. Maybe you just came out of a movie theater, saw a great film and said, wow, I could do something just like this, but with a different idea. And sometimes it comes to you as simple as that. Sometimes it's a song you hear. Uh, sometimes it's just uh, maybe it's a game you play. If you're a big gamer, you just see something, you just feel something. You're like, wow, I could do something much more than what uh, this game has that you would like to create your own little thing. And that's what all us writers and directors have grown up kind of doing. We've played, uh, we've played with action figures. We've done whatever we had to do right. to just craft stories. And then one day, sometimes those things turn, turn into a reality. Well, that's a very interesting take on the whole video game thing as well. Um, so another question, how do you know when your story's finished, when your short film is able to be put out there? How do you know it's time to walk away and say, hey, this film's done? Uh, what, I, I would answer that in a simple way, saying when the deadline comes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not, I mean, yeah, being an independent company and like I can set my own deadlines, but Right. You don't ever want to, I don't think a director or uh, somebody that's editing stuff ever thinks that their product is fully finished. It kind of, uh, in the words of George Lucas, it kind of gets pried out of our cold dead hands at one point in time, because <laughs> there's only so much you can do. If you keep looking at things, you keep wanting to tweak. And I think like, if, if you keep tweaking 24 seven and like you have it, you have it done basically, but you like, you can fix little things here and there. It's all right to go do that. But when you keep trying to fix little things here and there, for like a period of weeks, then, you know, it's, it, it might add to it, but at the same time, it'll take away your enjoyment of it. Right. Awesome. And then one last one before we get started on the rest of our topics. So us as movie fans, we all hear so often about the lack of original stories. How do you think that you stay fresh in this, like going away from stuff that we've seen before, how do you stay fresh and original to your films? Uh, I, it's tough to answer that because there's a theory out there that all stories have been told all throughout this course of time, you know, and there's no true, uh, real, uh, real story that's ever been like being, being created nowadays. Most of it's like stories that have been just kind of tweaked or revised over the years from other, uh, people, whether they've been uh, handed down from generation from word of mouth or whether they've been written down and shown. Um, but what I try to do, I try to keep up with the tech, with the technology. Um, there's, I always had the idea, especially when you get these 360 cameras out there, you know what I'm talking about a little bit, yep. those 360 cameras. Yep. Um, there's always been ideas that you like going with the time, like how technology changes, like some things allow you to come up with new ideas. Like I always wanted to shoot a horror film in 360 because I think that would be pretty cool and, and have cool. your, have your actions physically affect the film. And like, there's little things like that that you could do, but at the same time, you know, um, ideas just kind of come to you. It's kind of like what I said earlier, ideas just kind of come to you whenever, like there's no, you can't just sit down for days and just ponder, well, what, what can I do to tell something new? It kind of just happens. Right. So that's, that's the, enough of the first part of the questions I have. I have some more we'll get into later. Um, one of the first things I want to kind of talk about, I want to kind of go back of what you mentioned earlier about video games. And this kind of ties okay. into my first topic of the Joker movie. Um, 
how do you feel about the violence of video games as opposed to like whether it's real or fake? Like, well, what do you think of that controversy? Uh, I feel like if you're go, of course, this is me talking because I was sheltered as a as a kid growing up a little bit. Uh, there were certain things that we were allowed to watch, weren't allowed to watch, were allowed to play, weren't allowed to play. Um, and I feel like there's a certain extent where parents need to know about how mature their child is before they let them do certain things. So that's always one argument. But my argument is always, if somebody's going to be violent, it's only going to help the violent. If somebody's uh, kind as can be, I don't think it's going to turn them violent by watching or playing these games. Um, but that's an argument that has been going on for years. Uh, it's the same thing. Like um, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was a twenty. It was it was one of the, one of the presidential debates when George Washington or not George Washington. Oh my goodness, George <laughs> W. Bush. Yeah, that's going way back, isn't it? Wow. Uh, George W. Bush was talking about um, if curse words should be allowed in rap music. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so wow. that was well, that was way back in uh, George Bush presidency. But like you know, and it's so common nowadays to just have swear words in like almost all of our music. Exactly. That's um, what which makes it. I'm, I'm not saying that's all right either, but like, you know, mm-hmm. it's your choice of preference. But my thing is just because you hear swear words doesn't make you want to say swear words. You know, it's only going to entice the people that have that kind of vulgar language to them or just have that kind of personality that's going to bring that out. Right. And my opinion on this whole thing, I kind of mentioned it in one of my earlier episodes where I sat down with Kevin Walker and we talked about the Joker movie pretty much and the violence in it. My thing is, Common sense is to know whether something is real or fake. For instance, let's take Call of Duty, which is one of the biggest franchises out there. Now, typical people like you or me would sit down and play Call of Duty and we'd just be okay with it. Other people, this tends to lead to to violence. And I think that the biggest issue is people aren't realizing the fact of reality or fake. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I I think psychologically that has a lot to do with it. Exactly. So let's get into the Joker and some of the biggest controversies. First off, what was your you saw the Joker movie, correct? Correct, I did. What was your thoughts on the movie and all the controversies and the overall outcome of the movie and stuff like that? What what do you think of the movie? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Honestly, it's on my and right now I'm putting together for our talk show. I'm talking about uh, putting together a we do our best and worst films of 20, uh, whatever the year is. So it'll be 2019 this year. Yep. And honestly, the Joker film is up there in my top, uh, at least the top 10. I would say it's close to even the top five of 2019. So that's how far up I put it. I still think Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix did a great job playing the Joker. I would put him below Heath Ledger because I still don't think you can top the Batman trilogy Joker. Okay. Uh, but he, but uh, I thought this version of the joker was very well done especially in a cinematic it wasn't your typical superhero slash supervillain type of film and i think that's what really helped it move along and i think it also took uh because we've also seen with this was more common with um uh spider-man here because you just made the venom spin-off movie that has nothing to do with the um, marvel cinematic universe right and exactly. i feel like and i feel like that kind of helped it I think that Venom was a leeway. I'm not saying the Joker wouldn't have done well in the box office without Venom, but I feel like Venom succeeding on its own standalone helped propel the Joker to where it was in the box office numbers. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, my opinion, um, I mentioned in an earlier podcast, I'm not going to go through it again. Um, I'm not going to make this episode Joker based for the viewers listening. Go back to my 
podcast with Kevin Walker, and I'll explain to you why I feel that Joaquin Phoenix is better than Heath Ledger. Now, don't get me wrong. Heath Ledger's performance is still legendary, um, but yep. I feel that Joaquin Phoenix, and I gave reasons why he was better than uh, Heath Ledger. So, mm-hmm. talking about some of the movies of 2019, um, we're about a month away from 2019 ending. Um there's some huge movies that came out this year, and I just want to go through a couple of them real quick. Um, let's start off with a movie that was a part of my childhood, um, the Toy Story. Toy Story franchise continued with Toy Story 4. What were your thoughts of this? Uh, the Toy Story 4, I didn't really feel like – you go into a film like that feeling nostalgia as a kid growing up. Uh, I didn't really feel that movie did justice to really any of the characters. I did no. love I, – I thought the Toy Story 3 had a better ending. Um, I can't really, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it would be interesting. And I've heard a lot of like, especially the younger generations love the new toys before, but to me, I don't, I don't know. There was just something about it that didn't really click with me. I thought the uh, ending of toy story three, handing the kids off to a different, uh, a different, uh, child. I thought that was a perfect ending and I really didn't, but it was still a good film. Pixar still does a great job. It was just like the Incredibles too. Did I really good about the Incredibles too? No, but they still do a great job with their films. So that's kind of my opinion on that. Yeah. And I think that that set the groundwork for the future um, with them giving the kit, the toys off to another child, you have the chance of maybe committing, like making a reboot or so to speak of that. So you can continue the franchise. I think that was great the way that they did that. Now I got a question for you real quick. Do you think, do you think they should continue these franchises like that though? Like, because like, that's always a question. I, I feel like I'm one of those people where the greatest trilogies are in threes, of course. So mm-hmm. like I don't fe- I don't feel like you need to make these big sequels because we just saw Terminator Judgment or not Judgment Day Terminator uh, Dark, Dark Fate. Fate just come out, and like you, you saw their audience reaction probably off it. I so, saw the movie do- and the reaction. Yes. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about then. Probably exactly. is there is there reasons for them to continue these these big hype events? Um. From a business standpoint, I feel there is. Just because if something's like hot and popular, they're going to want to do whatever they can to keep it going. Let's look hmm. at the movie I'm going to talk about, Spider-Man. There yep. have been how many different renditions of Spider-Man? There was the original, with which was Tobey Maguire. There was Andrew Garfield. There was Tom Holland. Like It's the same character, so to speak. It's just different stories. And I think your question was to me, do I feel that they should continue certain movies? Yes. For instance, let's take the hangover. The hangover, I think perfectly stopped at three. I think three was just enough. Um, As far as like the Terminator, Terminator is one of the biggest franchises of all time, in my opinion, next to star Wars. Um, And I think that yes, as a business, they should continue them from that aspect. Okay, because it's weird seeing that because like, and I, and I, I get it. And I'm a big Star Wars fan. So I, I know the feeling of continuing trilogies and sequels and sagas. And But like as a, as a filmmaker and as a writer and director, I feel like a good arc is a good completion to a story. And like, there's no need to continue. So, I mean, it's always interesting. That's why I ask that question because it's always interesting to talk about that to other people. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, it depends on the movie. Certain movies, you can get away with giving only three of for instance i mentioned the hangover there was three of them three was just enough to tell that story and make that story hit home but like the terminator 
people are still talking about the original Terminator from back in the day. And they just want to keep bringing it back up to kind of get fans to go back to the original Terminator so they can keep making money. As a fan, do I like seeing it? Maybe. But as a business, yes, I think that they should continue that. That was a great question. So let's get into our next movie, as I mentioned before, um, Spider-Man. You saw the new Spider-Man? I did. I um, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry. No, no go, go ahead. ahead. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my question to you first off, before we talk about Spider-Man, who's your favorite Spider-Man actor? Maguire, Garfield, or Holland? Who do you feel did the best? Uh, if we could eliminate Spider-Man 3, I would say Tobey Maguire. <laughs> yes. Uh, if... <laughs> If we did not have the third Spider-Man movie, of course, you know what, though? A lot of great things are resurrected from the memes, and the memes coming out of that film still are, like, the top notch for today's society. Uh, so without that film, we wouldn't have the memes. But uh, Tobey Maguire was just I, – I don't I, – I still say that Raimi was a better director. I think, I think the reason we, why we remember Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is because there was a better director there. Uh, and that's not to throw shade on any other director that's directed Spider-Man films. But I think when you have a great director with a good actor, it's better than having a great actor with a good director. Right. I think that's interesting. So, Spider-Man, Far From Home. Um, he battles Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who's, in my opinion, a really underrated actor. He does great stuff. What were your thoughts on this movie? My thoughts going in the movie were, well, we just got out of Endgame. So what was Marvel going to be the lead into the Phase 4? Um, and at the bottom line is when I left the theater, I thought to myself, and I'm not going to try to spoil anything because I don't know who has seen, who hasn't seen listening to this, but I, there was a lot of Iron Man one in Spider-Man homecoming. Uh, though, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but the revealing moment, of course, like, go ahead. If you feel you need to go ahead, you can do that. Well, at the end, uh, when great, when the daily bugle guys showed up, which I thought was a great, uh, great appearance for him considering he was <laughs> yeah. fighting the one through three uh when he showed up uh, and he revealed i was like wow this is reverse iron man right now because in iron man one now granted that uh tony stark came out and physically said that he was iron man this is peter parker gonna take hold of the reins to the cinematic universe now with the reveal moment so now we now that's cleared the dust which i don't even know if i like that moment because that's i feel like I don't know. I've watched the TV show Arrow so many times where like all of a sudden everybody knows who Oliver Queen is. And I don't know if that's like, you know, good or bad. So we'll see throughout the throughout how they play that out. But like that was my biggest critique out of that film. And uh, Mysterio, I thought I thought they did great on the effect part about it. And I thought that um, I thought his little robot droid army of holograms, I thought that was the coolest thing. And the coolest scene in that was when Peter was trapped the first time in his like hologram thing like mm-hmm. you know they were throwing him against the wall and he ended up getting hit by the train which i would say logically he probably should have died i don't think the suit could protect him from that but <laughs> <laughs> that's a different subject <laughs> yeah so you mentioned endgame let's go into endgame which is the next movie i want to talk about on my list um now i am going to give a spoiler because this movie came out in april if you haven't seen endgame by now i don't know where you've been <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, everybody contributed to the box office multiple times. So (laughs) exactly. One of my biggest fears about this movie when I was watching it was they killed off Thanos within the Mm -hmm. first 20 minutes of the movie. 
And when that happened, I'm like, okay, well, the villain's dead. What the heck's left for the rest of the movie? But I feel that they did the movie justice by continuing it the way they did with the whole portrayal of time travel and going back in time and getting to know the Thanos character as well as some of the other characters. Um, and this movie, again, kind of led into Spider-Man Far From Home with uh, Iron Man. Spoiler alert. Tony Stark is dead, no longer in the Avengers movies. Um, but what were your thoughts on the whole continuation of the Avengers going forward without characters such as Iron Man, Captain America, and the um, Black Widow? Well, I'm going to give a shout out to Disney's PR and marketing department here real quick, because the fact is like everything that you saw in the trailers that we all saw as a fan base in the trailers mm-hmm. happened in the first 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't really show anything past that. Plus, if you look at it, Fat Thor, we never would have saw that coming. Like, oh, the market, exactly. the, all the marketing was always like him in, his, in shape. And even when they had him in the suit the first time in the trailer, I don't know if you realize, but it was the same old Thor with the, with the uh, short buzz cut hair and the missing eye, I think. Mm-hmm. So like they, they did so many things there. Um, and Thanos, I, I don't know. I thought to myself sitting in the theater when they killed Thanos, I was like, I, I feel like there's time travel coming because that was always leaked. But yeah. I was like, wow, could you picture if they just killed Thanos and like they went to a different Marvel villain right now? I was like, that would be epic. But at oh, the yeah. same time, I, I was glad with what they did. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the continuation of it. Um, sorry, what was your question again? I like to get <laughs> I like to get off. Topic. So what is your thoughts on the continuation of the Marvel movies without the inclusion of Iron Man, Captain America and the Black Widow? What do you where do you see them go? going going forward like what do you see him going well when i tried to dive into the uh this is coming back to spider-man homecoming when when uh or far from home i should say far from home why did i say homecoming that was far from home um (laughs) when when i was talking about far from home one of the things is i think that the next villain i'm just going to take a guess out there because nobody really you know nobody really knows where it's going at this point except for the writers but do you know the villain galactus I do not. Who's Galactus? Okay. Galactus is like the devourer of planets. Okay. And one of these things, it's like like a gas form. Or like there's it's hard to it's hard to explain. Uh but basically because you remember in Far From Home where uh they had the simulations of all these like the fire, wind, water, you know, all these creatures mm-hmm. attacking Peter. Yep. I do remember that. I was thinking to myself, like, those are effects of Galactus. Like, and like that, like, those are like, like the gases and the particles and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if that's like a nod heading forward, but I don't want to really say yeah. it is because you know, like, we don't know because like the fantastic four is mentioned in this, which Galactus eventually faced. I, I believe Galactus was actually in the original fantastic Four, the second one where he was galactic and the silver surfer. Like, you remember they, mm-hmm. they were working as a team. Yep. I do remember that. Okay. So that's the same universe. So that's where I'm thinking they're going to go with this next one. Okay. So you're saying they're going to introduce the fantastic four. I'm thinking they're going to because they, they talked about rebooting it already. Not now they're rebooting the reboot, which I still love the original two that were with Jessica Alba and uh, the, and uh, uh, Chris Evans. I, I, I I didn't like Michael B. Jordan one. Yeah. That, that wasn't good. That was a terrible film. Uh, But yeah, I think that's where they're going to go with it. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how Spider-Man interacts with Thor. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to like to see the new Dr. Strange that's coming out uh mm-hmm. wanda's still alive so she's pretty cool i don't know there's a black widow movie in there somewhere which i'm 
don't know if they're going to bring her back or whatnot. I don't think you can reverse that. But I think that's supposed to be a prequel. I think that's supposed to be set in the time frame of after Captain America, the first one. Mm-hmm. They're going to do a prequel okay. with that. Well, we also have the multiverse set up now, too, kind of. True. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring somebody in from the multiverse. And so, like, with that being said, there's other there's other ways they could bring Iron Man and Captain Captain America back into it. Uh, but I, yeah, I think their roles are dead or else they're just going to have like a uh, little cameo appearances, maybe in like a flashback hologram or something, but right. Cool. I'm not a big Captain Marvel fan though. So I'm, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, I am looking forward to that black widow movie though. I'm really excited for that. I'm kind of upset that they waited till she was killed off to give her a movie. I think that, um, Scarlett Johansson is an underrated actor, and I think she deserved a standalone. Oh, I 100% agree with you. What didn't she play in that movie Ghost in a Shell? Yes, is she that, did. Is that what that was her best? I think that was her best performance, in my opinion. Her best performance. Um, our next topic Disney Plus. Um, have you seen all the info about Disney Plus, and are you gonna potentially subscribe to it? Uh, I will probably not subscribe to it. Uh, but I am, you know, I, it's it's a it's caught in a rock and hard place here with me because being a, I've always been a critic of Disney, um, because I, I I do feel like they are a money hungry company, and that's not to throw shade because when you get higher up, you know, that's kind of what you want. That's like life goals to get get all the power in the universe, basically Thanos. Um, but with Disney Plus, I am looking forward to some things that could entice me to go on there. Of course, you got the whole archive over the, I don't know how many years Disney has been around, but you have all that on top of the Mandalorian coming out for the new Star Wars series. Uh, you got um, the Clone Wars coming out, the ep- or season seven. Uh, and there's there's a bunch of di- different ones. Like, I, is it Hawkeye that has his own show? show and yep, the, Hawkeye's getting his own Hawkeye show. Hawkeye has he, like, show. trains his daughter. Yeah. Okay. So they have that and they have a Loki show. And they have a lot of different things for the Marvel fans. Um, so, I mean, they have everything that I would want to have, but there's just a, a divide between me knowing, uh, I don't want to get political, but knowing their politics and knowing different cases of what Disney brings to the table and them trying to kick Netflix out of the market completely. And I, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of trying to That's do a big that. step, I think. That's a ballsy move to go and say they're going to take Netflix out because Netflix well, is so... Big. think about it though if netflix didn't and i always make this case if netflix didn't now disney's going to come in and undercut them, undercut them with price but say if netflix didn't start their own original content where would they be true they'd just be like almost like a hulu in a way because and the again, whole, well hulu's owned by disney too yeah true <laughs> like disney owns fox disney well if, if they if disney would have got the spider-man deal with sony and they would have got what they wanted sony would have been out of the market and they would have bought sony in the end so disney likes to buy up all these different companies that a lot of people don't realize that disney owns <laughs> mm-hmm. and so like you know with disney plus i believe disney plus you can get a, a bundle with espn disney plus and hulu in the same thing i think that'd be interesting so overall do you see them potentially taking netflix off the market in the future or i mean i i hope not because the more especially as a writer and a filmmaker i want the most opportunity that i can to have like my films anywhere that i want to Mm -hmm. does that kind of make sense like you you don't want to just have like one person owning the market and saying no we don't want your films i want like being able to distribute to other different companies and stuff like that because like yeah it's a it's a tricky conversation to have 
And right. it's, just, it's just one of those where you want more diversity in the marketplace and more an ability to show your stuff and craft your own work. Right, exactly. But to answer your question, I don't think, I don't think Netflix is going to go anywhere because they started their own content. Now, if they didn't start their own content, they would definitely not be around too much longer because most of their stuff on Netflix is still uh, deals with Disney. They have their films on there for a year or a few months, whatever their contract agreements are. And eventually with everybody coming out, you know, you have the, uh, I believe NBC and Paramount and all these other places are having their own streaming, streaming services starting up. So Netflix right. won't have any of that content on there either. So let's get into that real quick. And I'm just going to give you um, some sort of recommendation as you being a filmmaker. I do have a st- streaming service that I was just introduced to yesterday that I found. I was on my PS4 and I went to the TV and video section and there's a new streaming service. It's free. Absolutely free. You don't even need a credit card. It's oh, called nice. Tubby. T-U-B-I. Um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with that. No, I'm not. That's interesting. So I'm a fan of all types of movies. Movies. One of my favorite actors of all time is John Claude Van Damme. Are you familiar with yes. that? Yes. Yes, I do. I love his movies. And I was so excited that they released this because pretty much a majority of his movies, as well as Steven Seagal's movies, are on that streaming service. So if you're a fan of John Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal, it's pronounced Tubby, T-U-B-I. Check that out. It can go along with Hulu and Netflix and pretty much you as a filmmaker, you'll have access to pretty much every movie with that. Nice. I, I know I, I have Roku, so I know a lot of like there's like little uh, freer little channels on there, too, that you can like put content on. So like I know where you're going with that. So like, the, yeah, that again, those are cool services to have, especially exactly. as a filmmaker, and as a writer and like pitching ideas left and right. I mean, and plus the indie films that we never can see in theaters and like the straight to DVD, as they used to call them films, you'll see on there. Right. So next topic, I was scrolling through the internet, doing some research today before the podcast, and I found an interesting article. It was an article about actors who are kind of going away from their traditional roles, and they're playing new roles in upcoming movies. A lot of these movies are movies that I'm looking forward to, along with Star Wars. I'm completely excited for the new star wars movie i can't wait to see that um we'll get into star wars a little bit later but i kind of want your opinion as a filmmaker on some of these actors and their roles and what you think and how they're doing them okay okay so let's start off with of course the big name one the batman franchise robert pattinson has been announced as the new batman um what's your take on this well, at first when I heard it, I was concerned because everybody everybody that knows the Twilight series, not that Twilight was a bad series. I mean, it wasn't really my series necessarily to watch. But, you know, everybody like with actors, normally when they get labeled as something in a big role, that's all that they're known for. So like with that aside, like there was people like skeptic about if he could do this. But you know what? He did a film called Water or Elephants, I believe. Water with Elephants. This was back in 20, I want to say 2012, 2013-ish. And he can act, he is a good actor just in any genre. And I think Mm -hmm. this Batman is going to go a little bit darker and a little bit more uh, mystery, I believe. That's why they want to go with this one. There was even talks of this being about a noir Batman, that black and white version, which I think if it was a black and white Batman, I think that'd be pretty cool. But that's besides the point. I don't know if a lot of people would go see it in black and white. But I think he is. I was just going to say. I think he is a very good actor 
And I'm, I'm not really, the more I sat back and thought about it, I'm not really shocked in that role because I think he will do a good job. Right. I too think that Robert Pattinson is an amazing actor. Um, one of my biggest guilty pleasures is I am a fan of Twilight. I like the Twilight series. <laughs> Don't ask me why. I just, I just did. That's one of my guilty pleasures. Hey, I mean, I've, I've seen them almost all in theaters too. So, I mean, I can say at least all in theaters. So I yeah. guess it makes me a semi fan. So the only, <laughs> the only thing that I fear, and this kind of goes along with the whole Joker debate. A lot of big time movie fans are scared of change. And this is kind of a change for the Batman character because you're traditionally used to seeing like this, these muscular people and with these deep voices playing the role of the superhero. Pattinson is more slender. He doesn't really fit what you would typically see. So the only thing that I scare that I'm afraid of is fans not being perceptive of the whole idea of changing the Batman character. I do think he'll do well. Because I, I always, I always, I always said, if we live through Ben Affleck as Batman, I think we'll live through uh, Robert Patterson as Batman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But ro- also the other thing too, which you point is interesting about the fans and don't like change. I think it's going to be unique though, because this is the first time we're going to see like a young Batman too. Mm-hmm. Because sure, he's younger than what the other actors were that played Batman, I believe. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe so. Um, let's see. Because I don't know how old Bale, or Christian Bale was, but I believe he's the youngest out of all the ones that played. Bale was like late 30s and Pattinson's early 30s. So I would say, I think so. I'm pretty sure Pattinson is the... So it'll, it'll be pretty cool to see a young Batman because I don't think we've seen that. Now, Gotham, of course, we've seen like Batman growing up like little Bruce Wayne. But mm-hmm. as far as like Batman in the, in the bat suit at a younger age... You know, maybe he plays along with the society, maybe not knowing any better. You know, I, it'll be interesting to see. Right. So the next one I want to get into, um, and you had mentioned this in the past, it's a young actor. Tom Holland is in a new film called Cherry. Um, Cherry Holland plays Nico Walker, who's the author of an autobiographical novel on which the film is based off of. He plays a PTSD-afflicted army medic after becoming addicted to drugs and falling into debt turns to robbing banks i think this is interesting because what you're normally used to seeing him in is of course spider-man but he's normally playing like the role of a good guy a hero and this Mm -hmm. film is going to be interesting to me because in this he kind of plays an anti-villain almost like that of a suicide squad where they're villains but they're also trying to be heroes in a way does that make sense Yep, that makes complete sense. Yep. Yeah. What are your takes on this movie with Tom Holland, and how do you think he'll do in this new movie called Cherry? Uh, I like Tom Holland as an actor. I, I, again, I even though he's not my favorite Batman, I do like him as an act, or Batman. Oh my goodness, Spider Man, boy, we're getting <laughs> we're getting everything between George Washington and uh, <laughs> Batman and Spider Man today. Um, yep. But no, I did like I do like him as Spider Man, but he's not my favorite. But again, I never seen like he's he's done independent films before that I haven't seen, so I haven't mm-hmm. seen him in much of anything other than marvel um but no i think he could handle a role like that uh but yeah it is going to be interesting because we're used to seeing him all smiles or you know being the hero and saving the day and that will be a big change exactly moving on um another former superhero slash anti-hero ryan reynolds is in a new movie coming up called free guy where he plays a nerd so to speak who discovers that he is actually in a video game. Um, I think this is interesting because we're not used to him playing like a, 
a nerd or a smart person. He's normally like the athletic type with like a superhero. What are your takes on Ryan Reynolds and this new movie Free Guy? Well, see, I thought they were going to I thought they were going to come out with the Green Lantern too, but that didn't happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was such a bad I hope movie. it does. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind. Well, did you, now, the question is because I actually didn't mind that film as as much as other people ripped into it. Uh yeah. But no, I, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Ryan Reynolds playing a more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A more stern kind of role. Mm-hmm. We, haven't, we haven't seen that from him, especially not in recent uh, years. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. But the whole thing I got to say about actors in general, actors don't like, like to be confined to just one thing. They don't want to just be con- confined to one look. They want to be different. They want to be uh, put out in different situations. You know. And there's people on this list that we're going to talk about that I feel fit into the same category that they, they don't just want to be in comedy. They don't just want to be in action. They don't just want to be in romance or any other genre. They want to expand and do all sorts of different stuff. But I, I think, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, I think is another underrated actor and correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's one of only two people besides Ben Affleck to be featured in both a Marvel and DC movie. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to research that, but I think you might be correct because normally yeah. Marvel, well, this is more Marvel than DC, but normally Marvel, yeah. when you sign a contract, you can't ever sign a contract with DC. <laughs> exactly. He did the DC movie first, though, so that's where, yeah. why he was able to do both. Yeah. But next, next movie, and this is a movie I am very much interested in seeing. It's coming out soon. It's called Knives Out, um, starring Daniel Craig, who, if you don't know who he is, he plays James Bond. Um, there's one more James Bond movie coming, but before he reprises his role as James Bond, James Bond, he plays a kind of southern accented detective, um, and he puts his own comedic spin on this, which I think will be interesting. Um, but yeah, like, what do you think of this movie, Knives Out? Uh, Daniel Craig plays this the detective just like I think he plays Bond. Really, I don't really see yeah. much of a change in his character too much because Bond was always like. Uh, he was always trying to solve his own mysteries, kind of, and he was always just trying to the change, that guy. Sorry to interrupt. I think the okay. change comes from him putting a more comedic outlook on the whole detective. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. Yeah, because but it's. But I've seen the trailer because it's directed by Ryan Johnson, who I could get into a, a feud over with how he directed The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah. But one of the things is, I that is on my most, uh, we're going to talk later about like, films that we want to see coming out soon yeah that's actually on my list too so i've, I've seen the trailer, but it's just it's interesting because like that you it's interesting that you said that because i didn't view that trailer as comedic and so i really don't know what his character is going to be going into it right and i to me i did i i pictured it as comedic because of the whole accent thing and i don't <laughs> know why i found that funny i just found it funny that this guy who's normally portrayed as an english type detective is now playing the southern detective i just find that funny i don't know mm-hmm. why <laughs> no i think but, that's i think that's an interesting point but i mean it, it's it's just you know it's, it, it to me it sounds like a james bond and it kind of looks like a james bond just in a whodunit perspective right the next person i want to get into this is to me probably the most interesting on this list it's dwayne johnson and jumanji now if you saw the first jumanji again I don't know where you were two years ago, but this is another spoiler. Dwayne Johnson plays a detective or a doctor, a doctor known as Dr. Blackstone. 
or Bravestone, I think it was. Anyway, this time, his character is, like, it's the same person, but his character is getting a completely new outlook when he plays Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is another great actor. Um, We're not going to get into him, but in my opinion, he's amazing. But I think this is hilarious, um, him playing Danny DeVito, and I think that Dwayne Johnson is going to hit this out of the park, to be honest. Oh, I, I think he's a great actor in whatever he does. And I think he's like opposite of the people that we're going to talk about today because he went from being hardcore action to comedy. Mm-hmm. Normally you make the other switch. You know, not too many – more comedians are trying to become more like just like sound actors, like as in like being more uh, modern-day uh, type what well, we're going to talk about Adam Sandler's you know they go into the more serious roles or the Jim Carrey's of the world they try to get more serious roles as they go on but Dwayne the Rock Johnson is going a completely different direction <laughs> <laughs> right and my last one on this list um, is my favorite actor probably of all time Adam Sandler yep. he plays a gambling addict in the upcoming movie known as Uncut Gems now this is normally traditional for adam sandler because he releases like four comedies and then one drama like in between he's kind of like a he has his own rhythm going on where it's four comedies and then one drama the mm-hmm. reason that i think that this movie is going to be so much talked about it's already getting early praise to be an oscar film worthy film and i feel it might be a strongest performance ever what are your takes on this well first i don't know too much about the film itself but is that coming out on is that a, a theater release film or is that a netflix release film coming that out? is a i believe it is a netflix um so tell you more okay. about the film because Adam sandler plays howard okay. howard ratner he, he's a jewelry store owner um he is a bit compulsive a bit of a compulsive gambler who goes in debt and he needs to find a way to pay off that debt i think that that's an interesting take on adam sandler from what I'm used to seeing. No, it definitely is. And I think Netflix especially revived his career, really. And I'm not going to say his career was in the tank, but I mean, it definitely like, you know, it's like, um, like I said, with Seth MacFarlane and Hulu, when we had a discussion the other day, Seth MacFarlane and Hulu, like him taking the Orville to Hulu is going to help him dramatically. And I think that's what Adam Sandler does with the Netflix films. Like uh, Adam Sandler just did that. I don't know if you saw that murder mystery mm-hmm. film. Where I did see that. Fruit- that that to me was a really solid film. I really did enjoy that film, and like and he was he even though he has comedy in there, he was still a very serious there. So I think coming into this film, I think he'll do just as well. Right. So that's all I have for that list. Um, now I have a couple more questions I'd like to get into before we start listing off the most anticipated movies that we're looking forward to seeing. Okay. First question: um, Do you feel that writing the screenplay for a short film? Now you haven't really done screenplays for a feature length film but what is your opinion do you feel that writing a screenplay for a short film would be more difficult than a feature film it's harder in the sense that when you make a short film and you start writing the script and you have it in your head that you need to make it like say you put a limit on like a 15 minute film it's harder to write condensed than it is to expand because once once you're into the film you're just like, man, I, I have where I want to go from point A to point B to point C. But the more you you just keep writing scenes and then you like you have this script that's like 70 pages long. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, it needs to be 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that that gets a little bit complicated. So like it, it's easier and I don't want to say anything's easy in writing, but it's easier to write a feature film than it is a, a shorter film because you're condensing so much into a small mm-hmm. period of time. 
that's my exact – I was literally going to just say the same exact thing, that I feel it would be tougher um, just because – now, I have a journalism degree. I haven't tried writing movies. I've written commercials. But I feel it's tougher to probably write a short film rather than a feature film just because of that, what you just said, how you have so much space to be able to tell your story, whereas in a short film, you might have 15 minutes tops I'll t- to be able I'll to tell you what up. there's there's two hard things that I've done in life when it comes to like short filmmaking one there's four I don't know if you ever heard there's a 48 hour film competition in like Pittsburgh so I I've gone down there that. I've gone down there with a uh, group of students that graduated from Dubois Business College that I that I went to in 2014 and mm-hmm. we had 48 hours to make a film uh which you know, for people that don't understand the film, think, oh, well, it's not that bad. Well, it gets hectic. <laughs> and then there's also a, a minute-long film competition where you got to make a minute-long short film. Mm-hmm. And I, it just blows my mind when these people make great short films in a minute because, like, our short film that we made in a minute was awful. Because <laughs> <laughs> you just want to keep expanding. You're like, oh, well, it's at uh, 59 seconds, and uh, we have, like, three more things we want to add in and yeah. can't do it. Yeah, I think that that's probably the toughest part. Um, next, where do you stand on the whole film versus digital debate? Um, do you ever feel that movie theaters will ever go out of business because of digital, or what is your take on that? That's funny you should say that because we had uh, our last discussion that we had on the Real Deal, uh, which is my YouTube talk show. Yeah, we're uh, get we to that ta- later. We talked about or I mentioned a very radical idea saying that movie theaters should go out of business, but here's why they should not. It's not that uh, we should put them out of business is that they should just settle down and be like, okay, we'll, we'll go out of business right now because think about it this way. And like, this is a very radical thing that I'm about to say, you know how like they come in generational trends, like anything we do comes in trends, whether it's like clothing or like malls or whatever. I -hmm. say, you know, if you close it down for 20 years, like a movie theater and these kids that grew up on streaming services at their house, uh, they wouldn't know what going to a theater was. So you bring it out in 20 years and this new generation is like, wow, we could actually go to a movie theater to watch a movie. You know, mm-hmm. it might actually revitalize it. Now, however, I don't want that to happen. I love my movie theaters. and I, I go as much as I can. Um, yeah. But I, I don't think theaters will ever go out of business um, unless there's so many different prices because like people complain about the concessions being too much, but that's the only way that the theaters stay open. Uh, because right. most most of the money from the film goes straight back to the companies or to the distributors. Uh, but I would say unless the companies like obviously you're seeing like the Star Wars movies being made for like 250 million, the the uh, Avengers movies being made for like 300 million, unless Hollywood continues to have those numbers rise, then you could possibly see theaters going out of business. But I think we need to learn to make everything more economic in the film industry. And I think we need to cut down on these prices. Right. And that is a. A very good point that you made there. Um, next next thing, um, kind of going back to the beginning, you might have mentioned this. What made you want to pursue this? What made you think to yourself, as you said in high school, you know what, this is what I want to do. Was there a particular filmmaker? Was there a particular movie? What made you pursue this? I give all my credit to George Lucas uh, because, of course, growing up, I'm a huge Star Wars fan in case anybody doesn't know. But I grew up, and basically, so that would have been the original trilogy would have been out by now. And episode one would have been out by now. So I saw episode two, Attack of the Clones. And I kid you not, I would, I would watch the behind the scenes more than I would the film. 
<laughs> and it was all it was amazing to me about how they would make certain things i was like wow they actually made this through like hand models where they would actually physically craft the, the spaceship and they would fly it through a wire behind a green or in front of a green screen and it would just blow my mind and i thought to myself one day i was like man i want to be behind the scenes at one of these you know just making things well obviously i don't want to make the things anymore i'd rather have somebody <laughs> else make these cool props but i'm still behind the scenes and i'm still working on them so i mean i give my all my credit to george lucas and i would if I had to mention two other filmmakers that I always give my credit to is uh, Steven Spielberg for the history side of it and J.J. Yep. Abrams for the camera work. Mm-hmm. Those are great, great role models to have. Um, and I think George Lucas, like you mentioned, is so legendary just because of Star Wars. We'll get into Star Wars a little bit later when we talk about our upcoming movies. <laughs> um, next question. Um, sorry, there's a lot of them. What are some of the roadblocks that you faced starting out what do you feel was the toughest thing that you faced when you first started making your first film uh can i say actors Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no i mean i've been blessed where uh to the point where i have all these great volunteer actors and all these people that really want to be around and like there's so many people that came up to me and like i thought at first you'd be like or w- the industry would be like well it's hard to get actors and it was for a little bit but then all of a sudden you thought to yourself, boy, I'm going to have a hard time finding crew even to run the camera or whatever. But there's been more people that wanted to be on the crew than have acted so far, which I find is very amazing because I thought to myself, well, who wants to hold a camera for like five hours? Right. <laughs> you know, or who, who wants to hold the boom mic over their shoulder for the seven hours at a time or, you know, whatever it is. I thought that would be more difficult. But uh, starting out, though, I the actors definitely until you can find people that want to volunteer and uh want to help create your vision i'd say that but uh, starting out again the gear too is what we talked about earlier in the early in the podcast the gear is what really uh you need to have to start it exactly we got about 10 minutes here so i'm gonna try and make these really fast um what advice would you give to somebody who's just getting started in the filmmaking industry what do you think is your best advice that you would give them my best advice i would sum up in saying don't give up and make the films that you want to make. Uh, I think we live in a world where people try to tell you what's good and what's bad and what's necessarily right or wrong and uh, whatever you do. And I would say, I mean, yeah, you always want to listen to people and their opinions, but you got to make the films that you want to make and feel comfortable making them. Okay. Awesome. And two more overall goals. What do you see yourself in, let's say 10 years? Where do you see your uh, going? Well, I don't see Shield of Hope really leaving my life. Uh, I want to expand it and make it a bigger company. There's different there's different uh, film film companies that I kind of look after. I don't know if you ever heard the Kendrick Brothers. They I they create more Christian they create more Christian type films, but they have a mm-hmm. film studio where they try to put at least one big major film a year, and like that's where I see us going. Of course, I would love to do more than that, uh, but like you know, just being a small independent company at first, that'll probably happen in the next ten years to like get more feature films going and then hopefully in 20 years you know it's a it's a big booming business and maybe we'll have our own streaming service by then you know (laughs) cool and this last one's kind of a fun one um it's always a question that i've asked a lot of movie fans and their answers are always interesting um if you were directing a film about your life the life of donnie shields who would you want to cast as the role of you and why do you think that they would best fit the role of you uh, can I just say I need to cast somebody that looks better than me? So I would say Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I 
See, I I went the same approach. I said Bradley Cooper. Um, but... <laughs> there you go. Hey, great minds think alike, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, real quick, before we get into the whole upcoming movies, you mentioned the real deal. Um, explain to everybody what exactly the real deal is and how this whole thing came about. Okay, so it started. It basically started off on our Shield of Hope channel, but we realized that we wanted to keep Shield of Hope, which is our YouTube channel, of course. If anybody wants to go check that out, um, so we we started doing this talk show about films on our Shield of Hope channel. But then me and Jake realized, which Jacob Benkenny has been uh, my writer and uh, assistant director for a lot of my productions, and we decided, well, we don't want to flood our our main channel with outside movie talk. You know, like we wanted to keep like all the talk that we would do about Shield of Hope on Shield of Hope and like only have it for our own films. Mm-hmm. So we eventually crafted this new channel, which is called The Real Deal. And uh, we've been doing, I don't know how many episodes have been on there right now, but we try to put one out every Wednesday. Seems to be our, our best, uh, best time to shoot. Mm-hmm. But like it's basically a film where we talk about uh, film and entertainment and e- anything that's going on. Normally, we don't talk about things right away. Like you see these YouTubers talking about things that happen right away in the industry we kind of want to talk about it maybe like two weeks late because then we'll have all the information instead of just like coming out and like having a hot take like you see all over the internet Mm -hmm. so there you heard it the real deal check it out you mentioned every wednesday um that is real r-e-e-l i believe and then deal d-e-a-l check it out on youtube um so yeah let's start with i kind of want to make it a top five um movies of the future that we both are interested in seeing and why. So if you want to start okay. with your list of movies that you can't wait to see. Okay. So number five for me would be knives out. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but I really, I I'm giving Ryan Johnson another chance basically, but I no, I think he, I think him and his own films when he has to write in his own category, which is he likes these mystery and these drama ones. I think he'll be a great. I think he's a great director of that. And uh, it's been a while since I've seen a very good whodunit. So Knives Out is number five. Doctor Sleep, I want to see coming up here. And it's already out in theaters right now, but I haven't mm-hmm. got the chance. To see it. Uh, it, for people that don't know, it's the uh, sequel to The Shining, Stephen King's movie. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Episode Nine is going to be my number. Well, it's kind of going to be my number two and three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually don't have five on this list, so I'm going to make it two and three. That's fine. Um, and there's, I'm going into that one with a little bit more I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, mm-hmm. like, I haven't liked how the uh, the new Lucasfilm has handled the new Star Wars, but yep. you know, I mean, everybody has different opinions. But I think as Star Wars fans, we're all very excited to see uh, Luke Skywalker back on screen. And right. number one for me, there's this movie out there that comes out later this month called Waves. Okay. And what that movie is, it's um, it's about this this daughter that learns to surf. While, while her family like moves to a different town and starts over uh it's supposed it's labeled as a musical but there's nothing musical in the trailer so i'm kind of confused okay uh, but i i love musicals so i'm hoping that's what it is but either either way this um i don't know if you saw the movie like soul surfer i have that's with that's the uh the, the girl who lost her arm um, correct bethany hamilton yeah. yeah 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 well i'm not i'm not saying this film has anything uh as very moralistic as that one, because I don't know the complete background to it. I know it's not necessarily a Christian film or anything moral based, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's kind of, it's going to kind of be like that. That's the best way I can say, it because it has surfing and it has like that um, start fresh, start over type mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds interesting. I might have to check that out. I haven't seen that trailer yet. 
So my list, I do have five. We're going to start with another actor who is in the Avengers series, Chadwick Boseman. He is in a new movie called 21 Bridges. I don't know if you've seen this, um, but pretty much what this movie is about. Chadwick Boseman plays this detective who is trying to go around the the streets of New York and tries to track down these cop killers. Um, The reason I'm looking forward to seeing this is Chadwick Boseman is one of my favorite actors. And at looking at this trailer, like the camera work and everything like that, like the whole story, I can't wait to see this movie. Have you seen the trailers for that? Yeah, I have, and I thought it was very interesting because I couldn't picture anybody on the screen but but Black Panther. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but you know, he also played in uh, the Jackie Robinson uh, Forty Two. That was a great movie too. I feel that's. Well, I, mean, my... it, I I can't say that he hasn't done these serious roles because he has. Mm-hmm. So I so I think he'll be I think he'll be fine with that. And I mm-hmm. I, I actually might check that one out too. Yeah, um, my next one you mentioned Knives Out. Um you pretty much answered the reason why I want to see this. Number three, um, another movie we haven't talked about that came out was Hobbs and Shaw. Um, it's the new movie in the Fast and Furious series. In 2020, the new Fast and Furious is coming out. Um, if you're not familiar, real quick, let's go over why this movie to me is going to be interesting. There is some beef with Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel because of R.I.P. Paul Walker. There was some beef over Paul Walker or something like that. And then he called everybody like kids or whatever. Something he said about the actors and Vin Diesel didn't like it. So there was some beef. Um, I'm interested in seeing recently that beef has been cleared up and they both apologized to each other. I'm interested in seeing originally Dwayne Johnson was out of Fast and Furious 9. I'm interested in seeing if he is brought back into it. I think that's why I'm most looking forward to seeing that. Number two, um, this is a movie that comes out a little bit later this year. You mentioned Star Wars. Again, I'm a huge Star Wars fan as well. Um, And the inclusion of Skywalker coming back, I think that's going to be an interesting take on the whole Star Wars um, saga. And my number one that you mentioned as well is out now, Doctor Sleep. The Shining is one of my all-time favorite movies. And... I'm interested in seeing this remake. So, yeah, those are my top five. Um, Hey, those sound like a good top five. I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, first off, I want to thank you for joining us. That's all we have for today. Um, Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciated the talk, and we had a lot of good conversations today. Exactly. No problem. And I'll be sure to keep checking out The Real Deal because I did watch it, and it is interesting. Um, For the viewers, Donnie Shields, Shields of Hope Production, check out some of his films on – YouTube, is there anything that you would like to maybe promote that's coming up real quick before we go off the air? Uh, I don't really have anything to promote. I mean, we just put out that boxing film, Fight For Me, and uh, let me just say that the people at Rocky Boxing in Berwick, they have been absolutely amazing. And thank you, Leo, for letting us use that place. So if you guys get a chance, check out uh, Fight For Me, and it's on my Shield of Hope channel. It should be the first one you click on. (laughs) All right, awesome. Thank you so much, Donnie, and we'll stay in touch. Yep, take care. Bye-bye.